1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue wire. Elliott for the touchdown. Cowboys lead. Nine seconds left. Looking to throw. wide. Welcome back in. You were listening to The Road of His Fantasy Football Mailbag. We are dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions, and I am not actually your host. I'm going to kick it back over to your actual bigger, better, faster, stronger host, Mike Randall. What's up, my man?
0: That is absolutely not true, folks. But we wanted to have Jeremy <laughs> do the intro again. It's a beautiful thing. The velvet tones are back. Folks, welcome into the fantasy football mailbag of RotoViz podcast. This is the November 27th episode, and we, as always, are dedicated to answering all of those fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Mike Randall. You can follow me at Randall Rant. And today we have the gentleman who paved the way for this show to get to the point that it was at the man himself jeremy Hart. jeremy did a fantastic job hosting the mailbag here laid the groundwork i just took his flow chart and then pretty much just followed it through he was the one who took you and had you through all so many fantasy episodes last year great advice amazing things insight and again i've had everyone who's come on the show here ask oh my goodness where's jeremy how's he doing i hope you can follow his lead you know with those questions but folks he is on twitter at fantasy gumshoe you see the name sashi hinky that's our own jeremy hart jeremy welcome back to the fantasy football
1: mailbag my man, my man. Let me tell you, it is great to be back. I am humbled and honored. The kind words are entirely too kind. I mean, it is just a flow chart, my friend, that that I took from from the man, right? The, the czar of his Podcasting here, Matthew Friedman. He already laid down the foundation, and I just kind of had a healthy segue, took it over for a little bit, and then passed that baton over to you. So it is just alive and kicking. And I am an avid fan and listener. I don't miss an episode every week, and I'm just uh, excited to be back in the crew with you here oh
0: it's great to have you here jeremy and it's really a critical week in the fantasy world right we're heading into week 13 there are some formats that have playoffs others that are about to get started in a week or two but of course the first thing i want to do is catch up with you how are you doing what's going on and what have you done since the mailbag there i heard you had some great things going on how are things in your life most importantly
1: Oh uh, you know what it, it's funny because it's almost like I got what 8 to 10 hours uh, a week back by not doing <laughs> easily, the mail my
0: friend <laughs> easily
1: <laughs> You know how it goes, right? It's an hour of airtime, but all the all the and, and folks out there, if you just think you can pick up a microphone and start talking, it doesn't work that way. It takes hard work getting this stuff out the door and with the research, analysis, and scheduling and, and editing and all of that stuff, right? So uh, it's just one of those things. But what am I doing right now? It's hashtag bad life, 100 of the time, man. It's just you know a lot of pitter patter running around the house. I, I wish I had a little bit more extra time, um, but I don't right now. And as my Twitter handle says maybe i'll be back uh in the crew someday somehow when my 99 kids are older so right now i'm just kind of uh we, we actually got uh the christmas stuff set up nice and early oh, before great, thanksgiving this great. year just to try to get that off so yeah that, that's what we're doing around here you know just just keeping it real oh that's
0: fantastic listen There's a total level of appreciation on how you made this seem so smooth. Full disclosure, I always send a show sheet to Jeremy here because he's a pro. I really cut the show sheet down because I'm like I can take advantage now of an opportunity here to actually cut it short. Jeremy, usually I write out everything I'm going to say and I send it, but you can ad lib. But that's great, man. The the Christmas stuff is up. Mine is not up yet. It'll come up after Thanksgiving, but I'm glad you're doing very, very well. And I want to start with the easiest question of them all, Jeremy. Simply tell me, who is the NFL MVP this season?
1: (laughs) Oh, God goodness you know this is i mean there's never a right or wrong answer with the mvp because let's let's be real right it's it's a popularity show there's a lot of subjectivity involved it's not just based on the stats and i mean if if it is i mean you're going to be looking at any three of russell wilson lamar jackson and, and of course cmc run cmc right and i think you know you want to start with cmc i mean he has quite literally lifted that team on his shoulders um out of the backfield and uh you know up the gut. It doesn't matter. But the thing is, is running backs, I'm sorry, they they really don't matter, right? I mean, that's just the, the reality that we were dealt with right now. So you have to cross off CMC. I'd like to go over to dang Russ Wilson here, because I mean, despite um, suboptimal coaching with, with, with Pete over there in Seattle. He, he He's just highly, highly efficient, and uh, but he, he does still have the story of uh, just a suboptimal offense that doesn't use him as much as they should and they have to showcase him. Um, but Harbaugh is doing that in Baltimore. We're seeing it as we're recording right now. Lamar Jackson, I mean, what are we in, quarter three now? He's already got five <laughs> touchdowns thrown here. I, I mean, it's it just absolutely absurd what is going on in baltimore it's lightning in a bottle it's like patrick mahomes and crew last year so i mean you you know coming off the of you know whatever side of the fence you are on with colin kaepernick right it doesn't matter the point is the faces are patrick mahomes lamar jackson and right now he's doing some things that nobody has ever done before and he is paving the way for the future there are just a ton of schoolyard kids out there wanting to be the next lamar jackson and they're revolutionary the game right now so i i mean he also has the stats to match russell wilson i mean it's one of those things where it's like look it, it, it i keep telling myself this is not sustainable he's doing this in a very potent highly efficient low probabilistic outcome type of offense but it just keeps happening so i i don't know how you don't buy into it right now and i don't know how he's not the mvp
0: Yeah, I'm staring at it right now because I have a lot of exposure to Lamar Jackson across the board. 169 passing yards, ho-hum, and yes, Jeremy, five passing touchdowns and 95 rushing yards. They're up 42 to 6 right now as we're recording this on Monday night. So just amazing job by Lamar Jackson. I I totally agree. I think he's the MVP. And let's see how it goes for the rest of the season. I want you to think back, partner, to the beginning of the year. You know, you're doing all those fantasy leagues. You're all over the place with, with what you have going on. I'm curious, who were your two biggest preseason hits, one or two, and then one who was a, a big miss? The one that I've talked about several times is DeeDee Dee Westbrook. I thought he was going to be a wide receiver one. Uh, just hasn't really come together. Some of the preseason hits I like, Lamar Jackson of course was one that came to mind uh, and Mark Andrews, his partner, who I was saying, you know, buy wherever you can. But who were some preseason hits that you had and then maybe one big miss? Some guy who you didn't think was going to do very well. you thought Thought was going to do very well, rather,
1: uh, and he didn't. Yeah. Absolutely, man. It, it, the biggest one for me, and I don't, I don't know, you know, how it's not like, hey, look at this. Uh, I, I called Devontae Parker, but I was drafting this dude in best balls left and right because wow. he was virtually wow. free. And, and yeah, I mean, it was it was the Miami passing game, right? And I talked about it uh, on Twitter in the offseason. Like, it's just a value, right? There's value pieces to be had. We don't know exactly where they're coming from. I mean, I'm, I admittedly drafted a lot of Kenny Stills as well, right? But Devontae Parker was just crazy free. He was coming to couple rounds after um stills and and now i mean granted it, it came with a couple injuries here and there it took ryan fitzpatrick to get back under the helm um but Parker parker's one that i mean he is just uh, lighting it up he has he hasn't had a game under 10 targets in the last three weeks now um he was a big one derrick henry um i knew his draft capital was expensive but he's he was one on. i was he's still pounding yep. yep he's oh, yeah strong, jeremy absolutely and uh Austin Hooper was another one uh, alongside your Mike Andrews call or Mark Andrews I mean it was like just back to back take Hooper take Andrews in rounds you know 10 11 in best balls and just be done with it there uh so those were those were the few that I liked the most that I hit on the biggest miss I'd say uh gosh I mean it was Juju it was Juju I mean he was my wide receiver one by a long shot right by it, nobody was coming close I was taking Juju everywhere and um ex- Explosion, implosion, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Look, obviously there were some external factors that went in the way there, but uh, you know he was my biggest miss. David Johnson, I just love taking after the big two. There was happy to take him before the wide receivers, so that was another big uh, miss there. And then um, I guess I missed the boat on Josh Jacobs. I'm just not taking a rookie running back that soon in the draft. They're just it's not going to happen. But yeah, I mean it's a tough year for zero RB altogether. I mean, Derek. Damian Harris Jarek McKinnon Duke Johnson uh, I was all about LaShawn McCoy Late after he was traded uh, So these are a tough uh, A lot of the guys That I was on That didn't really hit But uh, hey We still have Jalen Samuels Damn it So I'll take it
0: You know those are some Amazing names you just hit We could spend a whole hour On all those names The Juju Smith-Schuster one I went down to SiriusXM And did the uh, the Flex League draft With Jake Seeley Who by the way Was the person When I had him on this podcast Who actually got me To buy into Josh Jacobs So to be fair I was not high. Eye on him for all the reasons you said and then jake convinced me and I'm, I'm glad that he did but juju was a big one you know it's funny jeremy even with everything we loved about juju the personality the flair the big plays no antonio brown what we didn't take into account or at least what i didn't take into account is suppose ben gets hurt right like because he <laughs> is an injury prone guy and it's almost like when it happened i felt like the emperor's clothes. like oh yeah this isn't going to go well at all Right? I mean, sometimes we get so caught up, we don't see the picture of it was a little bit of a fragile pick. No?
1: It, it, it was it was and you know what you just that's the kind of you, you expect to get safe picks in the first round but i mean you know ben goes down he misses a week he comes back in he comes back in the third quarter or whatever you know yep. so, but sometimes you just got to call your shots and, and that's what we did and by the way nice callback to the title of last week's show too very nicely done sir
0: oh i pre- i appreciate that 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 is an underrated stressful part of this is to try to come up with those show titles <laughs> again you did not explain all this it's like i'm luke skywalker with yoda and i'm like oh my god this show title is a very stressful part but i appreciate that now here's the next one these players are really set up for the potential of a chubb rock in the 80s and i know you're a music guy coming back sort of situation big ending to the year After having a mediocre or sort of a disappointing season. So I have four players here who have somewhat disappointed for a variety of reasons. And my question is, can fantasy owners still have faith in them that they can get back to the level we would expect? First one, hits close to home, Saquon Barkley. I took Saquon Barkley over Christian McCaffrey in a couple leagues, pulling my hair out. Is he healthy, Jeremy? Can he give us, I don't know, low end running back one? I mean, the five points against the Bears, terrible. What do you think about Saquon Barkley?
1: gosh i mean it's brutal you know i surmise he's still a little unhealthy um but i don't have to surmise to know that giants team is awful i don't have to surmise to know that we can't we we can't call him danny dimes anymore because he's not danny dimes but i mean he cannot feel (laughs) the pressure coming in and just exploding on his pocket there so um yeah I, i i mean i i guess you can get low end rb1 i think he's more of a rb2 at this point to be candid i mean just a ton of I, who knows, right? Golden Tate is there. Uh, maybe Evan Ingram can get back. Uh, Sterling Shepard is back, so the pieces around. I you know, I, gosh, I mean, it's almost like if they tail back the offense, scale it back a little bit to let Saquon do his thing. But I mean, he's he's clearly not right. I mean, something something is going on there. Um, you know, he's coming down. He's not pass, uh, passing. Passing uh, protection is not there. So I, I don't know. Maybe sophomore sophomore slump. Just just. Quicksand. It's NFL quicksand. So your guess is as good as mine, but I would not be confident, comfortable rolling with him. And you kind of just have to because that bet is made.
0: I think you just got the show title there, Saquon Barkley quicksand. I think you just did that. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> next one, Jared Goff. So tonight's certainly an oh. abject disaster. The big thing with Jared Goff is the protection. He's not getting the time. Brandon Cooks is back tonight. But, of course, Cooper Cup had the monstrous weeks. But he is not getting the time. He is not good under pressure and has been revealed in a lot of ways as possibly not worth that contract. Can the Rams get it right here and figure it out? What do you think about Jared Goff?
1: They're very good at taking care of competition they should be taking care of. I I think that's it with Goff. I mean, if you've got a good matchup, go ahead and and take it because, you know, he can – You know. Past two hundred plus yards to Cooper Cup against Oakland Raiders, right? But I mean, we're seeing the implosion here against uh, the teams like Baltimore Ravens. So I mean, yeah, I think Sean McVay has been more than exposed at this point. Much like Matt Nagy here in the Chicago land, these two coaches that everybody was so dreamy of last season, right? They're just they're they're still part of the old cocoon. So uh, no, I'm not feeling great about golf or Barkley here.
0: I really enjoy doing sort of a late round running back philosophy, staying true to the Rotoviz form here. So I was immediately attracted to the Denver backfield for what reason I have no idea, but I thought that someone would emerge. And early in the year, I thought, Jeremy, it was Royce Freeman. I liked his profile, 220 pounds. But it appears to have become Philip Lindsay, who prior to the game two weeks ago was told he, he's going to be the league guy. He got over sixty to sixty-five percent of the touches, but of course it was at Buffalo, which is a tough place to play. But he did get those those touches. Now Denver's going back home; they host the Chargers. Philip Lindsay, can he become? You know, for a lot of teams out there that have multiple running backs, can he be a league winner? You think? Can he get back to that sort of big performance that he was having earlier in the year?
1: Yeah, geez. I mean, the type of performance we saw last year, I don't think that's going to happen again, but we did see enough to to think that he was still going to rise to the to the top from that backfield there. I know we had some early year split and now it looks like it's back to Lindsey. Um he's still one that I have on my list. I'm still bought in. I mean, the the unfortunate thing is that, you know, Brandon Allen is not uh, dumping the ball off as much we he got a couple passes here last week so uh, if you still have philip Lindsay, i think he's still all systems go i think he's a nice you know safe uh high-end flex with rb2 upside going forward
0: and the last one i have here is darius geis uh you know mm-hmm. redskins have had a struggle all year they made a quarterback change adrian peterson two yards and a cloud of dust okay however Darius Guys did explode two weeks ago. He got his first touchdown. He can catch balls out of the backfield. Certainly, they're not going to stick with Peterson for the long haul, so they want to see what they have in Guys. Chris Thompson is back now, though. Do you think Guys can give a couple decent PPR performances here for flex or even high-end RB2 consideration?
1: Unfortunately, not. I mean, I like guys as much as the next guy here, but it, it's too crowded. It's too crowded in a putrid offense. And, you know, Adrian Peterson, despite him not being the long term, as long as he's there for the short term, they may as well put the, put the tread on him and keep guys healthy, healthy and just kind of throw him into the mix here and there. So you're still going to see an even split between guys and AP would be my assumption there, uh, with, of course, Chris Thompson getting mixed in there. So it's just a mucky, uh, muddy situation. I'm going to stay away from.
0: All right. Now I want to turn to the Green Bay backfield here. I have a question from a listener about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was the flavor of the month. Everybody loved him, finally getting the workhorse production. But then Jamal Williams comes back from the concussion. They start splitting time. But Aaron Jones is still getting the goal line touches and getting enough touchdowns there. He's had a fantastic season to really not concern owners that much. However, since Devontae Adams has come back, he has been dramatically less efficient In the receiving game. Last game, he only had one target. In the receiving game, Jamal Williams outplays him. I know it was a blowout against San Francisco, so maybe not the the most ideal situation. But a lot of people are relying on Aaron Jones as an RB1. And with Devontae Adams back and Jamal Williams healthy, the numbers do not play that out. So what do you think here? Lister wants to know about Aaron Jones moving forward. Don't worry or be concerned
1: yeah i mean you have to be concerned right i mean we we saw the upside when Devonte adams was out we hoped that it would continue even after adams came back and we it didn't it shifted over to freaking jamal williams who will not go away the coaches won't let him go away a rod won't let him go away we we don't know what it is but that's the reality that we have now having said that uh despite these dolt ass coaches here um Whatever it is, they're going to get the Giants. They're going to get the Redskins. They're going to get the Bears upcoming, who have not been the same um, sans injuries here. So, and they're going to have the Vikes, which is I think a little bit more neutral than than bad. Um, the, the Vikings can be beat, and we see some of these divisional games and how they can kind of turn into sh- uh, shootouts uh, very, very quickly. So, I think. With Aaron Jones, you're going to stay the course. He's got a good matchup here, and you're just going to chug along.
0: I remember back in the preseason, I'm sitting on a beach going through my Twitter <laughs> timeline, and I'm seeing all these videos of Cam Newton and Curtis Samuel. I'm hearing the controlled scrimmages, no one can guard Curtis Samuel. We hear about DJ Moore, Steve Smith with the video uh, coming out saying how he's not starting him in fantasy because he's not a real wide receiver. I mean, everything we heard in the preseason was this is Curtis Samuel's year, and now DJ Moore, who finally had touchdown regression after not catching a touchdown for the longest time, really has stamped himself as a top wide receiver here. You buying that? And Curtis Samuel, Milk Carton?
1: What do you think? Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore was here before he even got here, right? We all knew it coming out. He was the de facto wide receiver one in rookie dynasty drafts. And of course, shocker, Steve Smith likes Curtis Samuel. Um, you know, there's no no stereotyping going on there with the, with the prototype and the body and all that jazz. Yes, of course. Yeah, but Look, DJ Moore is DeAndre Hopkins, and that's who he is going forward. He's doing this with this target and this whopper despite bad quarterback play. Um, I do also, for for what it's worth, I do like Curtis Samuel. I mean, I was built, still spending um, late first-round draft capital and rookie drafts for him, and it's just a product of um, Kyle Allen and this putrid offense not being able to sustain drives here outside of just getting everything over to Christian McCaffrey here. Um, look, DJ Moore has been pimping since, pimping since, pimping pimping. So I'm going to stay the course of DJ Moore, get as many shares of him as possible. I do still think Samuel is a buy. Look, I think they're realizing um, slowly but surely Kyle Allen is not going to be the answer. So the quarterback play can only get better long term. So both of these guys are buys.
0: Well, folks, pimping ain't easy. That's what Jeremy's basically telling you right now. <laughs> and what I want to tell you about is my bookie. You guys are true football fans, so you know that Tom Brady's going to keep the Patriots winning, even in the rain against the Cowboys. And so basically, we're heading to the end of the NFL season. So if you haven't gotten off the sidelines yet, yet, please get into the game with my bookie. It's the premier place to place all of your favorite Pro in college football action every week, up to date lines. So if you're going to bet this season, please bet with my bookie. Tired of watching the games from the couch? Come up, go to my bookie, get some money in there. And right now, my bookie will double your first deposit if you put a thousand dollars in, they give you a thousand dollars, they double your initial deposit. You can use all of your favorite picks. Please make sure use the promo code Rotoviz. Of course, activate the offer. That's promo code Rotoviz, and you double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Jeremy, I do a waiver wire piece for Action Network every week and we're we're running thin, my friend. Okay. So <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on some of the players who are available in over 50% of Yahoo Leagues, people that I think could actually make some sort of impact here for Desperation Plays. Bo Scarborough in Detroit. I mean, the Detroit running backs ever since Carryon Johnson went out, who, by the way, I don't think is a, a real bell cow. He's kind of like a fake bell cow. Never really popped for me. But since he's gone out, we've been talking J.D. McKissick, Ty Johnson, now Bo Scarborough. But he has had back-to-back weeks of solid performances what do you think about him? Can he be trusted down the stretch? They have a big game at home, of course, on Turkey Day against the Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah, oh, gosh. I mean, this is rough, right? Because It's funny because I just blew my load on Bo Scarborough in a couple of leagues out of pure necessity, right? But I mean, he's going to have the Bears, the Vikings, the Bucks, and the Broncos coming up. And I mean, that that's not necessarily an enticing schedule there where you're expecting a thumper to be able to keep thumping, so to speak. I mean, I think Turkey Day is going to have probably his best odds because it, it, the way it's shaping out there, it looks like that's going to be a pretty ugly game here. We've got Mitch Trubisky, who is basically a backup quarterback at this point. You got another backup quarterback, which, um, you know, he, he's got some promise there. But I mean, just the overall game flow seems like uh, it's not going to be as pretty as we'd like, given some of the injury situations that we have on the Bears side there. So I, I don't know. It could potentially. But, it would, you know, we don't expect uh, Detroit to be able to run away with this one. I mean, the bucks you're not going to be able to thump on the Bucs. And the Broncos are, are neutral at best as well. So I mean, if if you really need them in a pinch, uh, I'd rather start them in a non PPR type of league. But yeah, it's it's pretty ugly.
0: Next one is Rashad Penny. Now, I have Chris Carson on a lot more teams than I want to actually admit. The fumble problems were a major issue beginning of the year, but they stuck with him. However, Penny explodes last week with a huge game, over 100 rushing yards, has the long touchdown, and Carson actually fumbles on back-to-back possessions. One they recovered, the second they gave to Russell Wilson. But if you watch Russell Wilson's body language, he didn't think that was on him. Rashad penny can you trust him or at the very least is he going to now affect Chris Carson
1: rest of the year yeah ah gosh I look your guess is as good as mine right we'd like to say we have the crystal ball on this one but he is for the for what it's worth the type of player you should be spending your load on at this point uh, if you're looking for somebody that has high upside and you got a stash on your bench for the fantasy playoffs he's the type of guy because they could very well just say you know what we're gonna go ahead and give it to this Rashad penny dude uh, yeah I think that would was Pete Carroll's quote, right? He shot out of a cannon or something like that, but they always like to say that for their for their just ridiculously, egregiously first round or second round pick or whatever the hell he was in the draft, but he's the type of player that he could surpass Chris Carson, and if he does, the sky's going to be the limit there because, I mean, Vikings, Rams, uh, Panthers, who have been a run funnel, in the Cardinals here, so that's the type of player that you want to go ahead and spend your spend your bucks on.
0: You know, I wasn't a big fan of Benny Snell. Uh, he really, if you look on playerprofiler.com, 4.66 40-yard dash time, low burst, 5'10", 224. However, opportunity is king in fantasy. Everyone played Jalen Samuels in DFS, right? And we thought he was going to be the main guy, but it ended up being Snell, who led the team in carries. It certainly seems to be the thumper, the goal line guy. What about Benny Snell here? If James Conner is shut down for the year or doesn't play, are we really going Snell over
1: Samuels? Ah, you know it, it's all script related, right? I mean, Samuel—they clearly don't want to give the early down work, work to when we saw who was a Trey Carson that they gave a much of work yep. to. Um, so I mean, it's all going to be script related, and and the the problem is, is I mean, it's Mason Rudolph. It's it's some dude named Hodges, right? I mean, sure, he he came on and threw a long touchdown pass with a little extra work from James Washington, but I mean, this isn't the type of situation that you want to be depending on right now because you, you it's susceptible to just over all systemic implosion so Benny Snell is not one I'm gonna be looking out and, and trying to you know if you're still listening to this show you've got a you've got a chance at the fantasy playoffs and are you really gonna put Benny Snell in at this point probably not I mean by the time you get to the fantasy playoffs week 15 week 16 I mean you're probably looking at these uh, uh, uh Air quote Patrick Laird seasons, right? When they're looking at some of these bottom of the roster guys, the Ryan Knowles of the world and Chicago Bears. And I mean, Benny Snell, uh, the problem is there's just not enough upside to go around in that offense. And Pittsburgh has been running hot somehow, some way. They keep coming out on top, but there's no way that continues and get
0: out of here with kareth white folks i don't want to hear about kareth white his six <laughs> carries 43 yards enough i'm not a snell guy if you want to do that 21 carries 98 yards so be it but please don't come at me with kareth white i'm going to block you last one i want to know about who is still available on the waiver wire aj brown of the titans i will tell you this jeremy i can't nail an aj brown big week to save my life <laughs> i put him in dfs Horrific. I take him out of DFS. He's streaking down the sideline against the Jaguars here. A.J. Brown, has he passed Corey Davis? Is Ryan Tannehill really the magic potion to unlock him? Can we trust A.J. Brown as a wide receiver three for the rest of the season,
1: Go. Hey, look, I'm with you on the the AJ Brown DFS stuff as well, right? When the, when, the, when the matchup says it's time to play DJ uh, AJ Brown, it doesn't work out, and then of course when he's going up against the the quote unquote run funnel against Jacksonville, that's when he just takes one to the house. So, uh, yeah, I think when you're not supposed to play him, that's when you play him. That's apparently the recipe for success there. But he is, however, Ryan Tannehill's guy at this point. It, you know, he he's the binky for Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is not one of those multiple read progression. <laughs> Brown binky. That's the title. A.J. Brown binky. That's what he is. He's the binky for Ryan Tannehill, who is not the greatest quarterback in the world. But, you know, he's always had one de facto wide receiver that he's going to go to before he just tries to take off and scamper. So that's unfortunately for Corey Davis, A.J. Brown's job now with Corey Davis having three and four targets multiple weeks in a row, which is very unfortunate because that was another uh, uh, just – preseason miss for me Corey davis i took him all the time in best ball uh with with the tennessee titans being such such cheap assets there so aj brown if he's available in your league you want to scoop him up because he's the dude
0: okay from a music connoisseur this is going to be a big time answer what is your favorite american band of all time
1: all right well so i'm going to give you two i'm going to cheat on the first one because it isn't technically a band um but it's a tribe called quest here just complete hip-hop (laughs) innovators Oh, yeah. what a call what a call yeah I, I feel like i get to still call them a band just because of how much they innovated and revolutionized the scene uh for for the east coast hip-hop and feel good hip-hop in the 90s there um but along those same lines i will go ahead and give you a band and i know this is going to be extremely unpopular but so be it um because they are unpopular and for me um i'm very uh i'm not damn it ashamed to say it's rush uh Pert, greatest percussionist to ever live the lyrics and this is a band mind you that you know against the great and look a lot of people hate them because they got so much damn airtime over commercial radio stations i mean it wasn't their fault they just kind of walked into a good deal here but i mean they were deep it was more about the party and they weren't they they went back to the hotel and read books for crying out loud right and i mean it was just a musical ensemble they basically wrote the scripts or for rock operas going forward they're coming out of the 70s so for me it is rush Twenty-one, twelfth.
0: That is a tremendous call and tribe call quest when I was a kid. Low-end theory, midnight marauders. (laughs) I mean, just fantastic across the board there. So, great job by you. Excellent. Let's look at the Colts' backfield. Someone here wants to say, what am I supposed to do with the Colts' backfield? Jonathan Williams, of course, big game after big game. He's been fantastic. Naeem Hines, nine rushes, 51 yards last week. Then, of course, you have, is Marlon Mack going to come back? If he comes back, how effective is he going to be? That that's what we're looking at. The question is Jordan Wilkins, Jonathan Williams, Naeem Hines, Marlon Mack, Hike. Who do you like there in the Colts' backfield?
1: All we know right now is Marlon Mack could be back in the next few weeks, right? So, yeah, to your point, maybe he comes back for a week 15 or a week 16. Um, but until then, I mean, I, I definitely think it's Jonathan Williams over Jordan Wilkins for whatever that's worth. I still think you can continue to go for Jonathan Williams here. Um with the exception of week 14 due to matchup, So maybe, you know, week 14 alone, Naheem Hines would be the guy because he's still getting a share of the workload and he's getting the passing involvement still. Uh, so, I mean, if, if you're looking for the good matchup and you need the thumper, Jonathan Williams is still the way to go for week 13. Uh, try to, I mean, if you look, if you got the room to also stash away Naheem Hines for week 14, that's the better type of game script that sets up better for him. And then Jonathan Williams week 15 and, you know, If you're the Mac owner, you should be owning Jonathan Williams at this point. And and if you're not, uh, I I don't know what to tell you.
0: Jeremy, maybe I missed the
1: memo. Is David Montgomery dead? (laughs) I mean, is James Brown dead? I mean, David Montgomery was dead before uh, he even entered the league. I mean, I'm sorry. This is another one where, you know, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, at least from a redraft perspective, I'm not just going to take the high draft capital on these dudes. David Montgomery is an average prospect. He was an average prospect at best. Sure, he can handle a little bit of volume here, but I mean, we liked him most liked him because of the situation and the workload we uh, expected him to take over here. Uh, Look, his situation sucks. His quarterback sucks. His wide receiver core sucks. His coach sucks. Everything around David Montgomery sucks. So if you can get out from under him, do it. Try to get a second and a third for him from a dynasty perspective and just wash your stinking hands because, yes, David Montgomery is confirmed dead.
0: The problem with David Montgomery is he teases you. So beginning of the year, he RB 49 against Green Bay. Okay, but they have to realize what they have. Then he actually gives you an RB 17 performance and gets a touchdown against Denver. Just enough to rope you back in. Then he continues to bomb RB 28, RB 37, RB 33, RB 59, 1.9 fantasy points against New Orleans. That's when Nagy gets up there and goes, yeah, I know we have to run the ball. Bang. Week eight, RB7 performance, 24.7 PPR points. Week nine, bang, 22.6 RB7 performance. And since then, the robust RB35, RB45. He's an AJ Brown guy. Your guess is as good as mine, but I certainly, I'm not relying on him during the, uh, during the fantasy playoffs. Next up is DFS time. Very simple. Jeremy, you and I are going to retire. We're going to hit the million dollars here is what we're going to do. And I'm going to split it with you. So give me in a week 13, give me one guy from QB running back wide receiver, tight end, sort of a DFS tournament, Millie maker, maybe not an obvious guy, but a guy you think could really get three X or better there in DFS this week in week 13.
1: Yeah, this is tough here. So, I mean, we'll go ahead. Like, well, let's start with the, with the Turkey slate a little bit here because it this, what, what's interesting here this week here is is the Chicago Bears uh, situation. We, we talked about it hot off the press uh, somewhat, at least for while we're recording. I mean, Ben Bronicker suffered a concussion. Taylor Gabriel uh, suffered a concussion. So that at least is going to give us what we need here. Um, and I know you asked for one name, and I don't just have one name, right? I've got a cursory overview of, of the slate right now. So, I mean, you're going to be looking at concentrated targets for Tariq Cohen, Anthony Anthony Miller, I think you are going to be able to trust for very cheap at three point nine. I think he's actually going to gain in popularity here. It's only a three game slate for crying out loud here, and these are the inexpensive pieces that are going to let you jam in pieces like Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas here. I, I you know, it's a three game slate, and at this point, it's like I don't know who you are going to be able to get that's really going to uh, quote unquote win you the millie right, or at least uh, get you close to the to the wishbone classic there. Um, you know, the aforementioned injuries there. I mean, the Bears are going to be looking at something called Jes- Jesper Horsted. Uh, oh, apparently, oh, it would. <laughs> yeah. It's brutal, man. It's brutal. He had like a 50%, close to a 50% college dominator rating, but this was at I think Princeton or Yale. I think it was Princeton, yeah. So, I mean, and and the Bears haven't done anything. So, I mean, but at 2.5K on DraftKings, like if you want to take a long, 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 long shot just to hope that he gets the big body touchdown for you and, you know, frees up roster construction for you to jam and everything else, be be my guest there. I, I probably wouldn't do that, but I do want to say I'll probably fade like an Ezekiel Elliott, because look, you got to take some risks on a short slate like this, and Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the most popular play outside of Elvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, and you just you don't want to fade Elvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas, and that eventual uh, Turkey Night shootout there. So Zeke would be the one. So you'd pay down for a Tariq Cohen there, and then just open up everything else up for Turkey Day. Um, Julio Jones, I don't, I don't think we have any news here on his injury, Mike. Uh, this is some is you know, something that we're going to have to watch maybe that puts Calvin Ridley into play there Um, I'll
0: I'll tell you what it does Jeremy it puts my man Russell Gage in play okay (laughs) who actually I put him in the waiver wire he has more targets more receptions and more receiving yards than Julio Jones last week so I I, if you want a low value especially if Julio's out I think Gage is a guy you look at because he's actually been fairly decent given his price
1: yeah, absolutely. Great call there with Russell Gage, and that's that's one that's gonna gain in popularity as well. If we're talking outside of that, uh, you know, this is this is gonna be tough here because like we're talking about the aforementioned Lamar Jackson. Week thirteen, when you're taking a look at the Sunday, everybody's gonna be going to try to figure out how to jam in Patrick Mahomey against the Oakland Raiders there coming off of that week. Putrid Oakland passing defense there. Uh if you want to get cute and save a K, you know, you can get to Aaron Rodgers versus the the G Men there. Um, Uh, Good call. Good call. You can. I mean, he's got just as much upside there. Uh, he can e- very easily come down with three touchdowns. Salary savers are Kyle Allen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's pretty gross, man, but at 5.4K, 15 point floor, uh, they're both going to realize 15 points. They pretty much do every single week, anyway. Um, outside of that, at running back here, um, you know, this is going to be tough because you're going to want to jam in Christian McCaffrey. There's no value. So you're going to be looking at the 5K range there. Um, you're going to be looking at guys like Ronald Jones and, and Phillip Lindsay. Lindsey in, in good matchups there, um, but what I'm interested in is my man, my homie, Devontae Parker. He's got a price hike, but he's over 10K. I think it'd be a little bit less popular there, and look, these Rams wide receivers are facing the Arizona Cardinals next week, man, so they're, I mean... Cooper Cup is seven K, but Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods over on the uh, the likes of Kingsofdraft.com. Uh they're under they're both under five point five K now. So it's gonna be putrid. Nobody looking at them potentially, but they're gonna be in a high upside situation and uh, the flow chart, right? Arizona tight end. Uh, so Gerald Everett, what's up with this dude's knee? He hyperextended it. If I think he's still playing right now I'm gonna be fine. I wish he wouldn't because then we could play Tyler Higby. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So, I mean, it's just going to be a a situation to take a look at. And one thing I'll give you, all right, Mike, for for GPP stacks for week 13 on the Sunday slate is just a nasty, nasty stack that you're going to want to have. Philadelphia and Miami because all the places, all the pieces are cheap. All the pieces are cheap. Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffery are both inexpensive. Maybe one of them doesn't go. Um, So, basically, coming off another putrid uh, outing against the C. Seattle Seahawks there. Now going into Miami where their most expensive piece is 5.7k. That's the type of game that you're going to want to be able to stack. It's got high upside. It's inexpensive and it's going to let you jam in all the dudes.
0: You know, you you said this without I think even seeing my Twitter account. I put a lineup out last night because i have no life and i said i really <laughs> tried to jam in Mahomes and mccaffrey and that's what i did what you end up having to do is hit those middling players that you talked about my other running back is philip Lindsay at home against the chargers i put ty in because ty in a dome is automatic and he looks a little healthy now after houston he came back i also f- took your advice miami philadelphia i put an alan hearns i couldn't fit in because it was a little expensive so i took I took Hearns, why not? 4K, right? And so that is the process I think you have to follow. You're right on. If you're gonna go with those big guys, then you have to find the middling players. Or if you want to try to up every position, you know, maybe take a little bit off Mahomes for Rodgers, maybe not play Lindsey McCaffrey, but two like six, seven K guys, you can fit in a Parker. I think that's a real good plan.
1: Yeah, I love the Allen Hearns drop. I mean, at 4K, uh, one more down there, Chris Conley, 4.5K, and he's going to get Tampa Bay yeah. this week. Nine or more targets in multiple weeks now, and he's going to be 2K less than DJ Chark. So, I mean, Conley, Allen, Hearns, and get all the dudes, in, and then that's just a nasty, uh, you know, makes you want to throw up in your mouth type of stack. But you know what? Then go ahead, get Mahomes, McCaffrey, and be on your way. Well, it's better
0: than AJ Brown roulette. Let me tell you, I'm not doing AJ <laughs> Brown roulette again. I'm a Jim Martini guy. TJ Hernandez joined us a couple weeks ago. He hates the IPAs, of course, but my father-in-law turned me on to Jim Martini's. What's the drink of choice on a Friday night in the hard household?
1: Oh man, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I'm I'm just boring and I'm lame, right? But most of the time it's Lacroix and bubbly. So, but from an alcoholic perspective, oh, ah. L- lat- lattes and macchiatos are, are my my go to jam. But I, I'd be remiss not to say I have been getting down with a little bit of of the truly and the uh, white claws lately because of that whole Me Lacroix. Too. Factor, Me right? too. Yes, hey, totally. tastes great. Yeah. I best got them. Yep. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? But I mean, look—if I'm really gonna get down, right? I'm—I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm—I'm I'm pretty vanilla. Uh, give me a little bit of vodka, mix in some OJ, mix in some pineapple juice with a dash of grenadine, and ah, uh, it's just—it's just fruity flavors of heaven, and that—that's like the summertime jam right there. All
0: right, fantasy football momentum time. This is sponsored, folk, by FFBcast. FFBcast records custom podcasts for your fantasy league. They've been fantastic this year. So many people love them. They get experts to come on and break down your draft and give you weekly updates here. Maybe you can get Fantasy gumshoe to come in there and talk about how bad someone's team is, your good friend. Absolutely fantastic. FFBcast.com. Have to go there. Consider it for next year as well. You can follow them on Twitter, at FFBcast, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, the whole bit, www.ffbcast today for your league's very own custom podcasts. I want to know here, Jeremy, will these players keep their momentum off the Week 12 performance? So guys who kind of broke through finally, and I'm looking to see how much they'll keep it going. Half PPR, let's assume. First, welcome back from the dead Zach Ertz of Philadelphia. Is this for
1: real? Yeah, it has to be for real. Process of elimination because I have no wide receivers that are healthy, that are standing and quite frankly can actually run. And I just actually had off the press saw, well, not I'll hot off the press, a little bit earlier today, Dan Olowski had some really great content online. So check that out, which really uh, just kind of tunes into the lack of wide receiver detail and uh, route assumptions that were really creating a hindrance for Carson Wentz. So he's going to have no choice but to keep going back to Zach Ertz.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Next one, of course, which was huge, Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati. Boyd explodes over 100 yards, has a touchdown, squeaky wheel game, gets oiled. Prior to that, we had just the fantastic performance here, Jeremy. Three targets, one reception, no yards in week I mean that's hard to do I, I think <laughs> I could go out there If I played a whole game And get a yard I, I really really do Maybe not more than that Maybe be in the hospital But that was a <laughs> pitiful performance But Tyler Boyd finally came through Can you trust him? Everyone's pointing to the week 16 game Fantasy championship Bengals at dolphins can tyler boyd be viable here
1: yeah absolutely i mean did we ever think we'd be this excited to be able to get andy dalton back and uh he, we're gonna get him back now so all systems go for tyler boyd and those 10 targets to 14 targets a game whatever it was when andy dalton was under the helm there and they just egregiously went away from him benched him and didn't freaking trade him i just wouldn't entirely in incredibly awful just a terrible organization but all things aside Tyler Boyd keep it going
0: Robbie Anderson with the Jets has not had the yardage everyone talked in the offseason about how he had such a difficult slate of cornerbacks that he faced early in the season and he did but now Darnold has stopped seeing ghosts he's moving forward the offense has been clicking and he has a pretty friendly schedule here Robbie Anderson
1: what do you think about him rest of season Ah, I really wish I can buy in this season because I was bought in in the off season, man. Um, the problem is he's just Sam Darnold's not getting enough time to be able to throw the ball downfield for the way they are egregiously using him and just forcing him into this long shot fifty-fifty type of player. Um, so I mean, I just gosh, he's not going to get Oakland level every week. So eh, I, I'm, I'm still steering a what steering a clear.
0: And the last one, Debo Samuel. Boy, that was an impressive performance by the 49ers against the Packers there on, on Sunday night football. Big performance. Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders came back, of course, super quick. He's incredible with the torn Achilles. Now he's back, but he's banged up a little bit. George Kittle's back, but Debo Samuel's shown big playability. What do you think about the rookie here? Rest of
1: the season? Yeah, he's he's a wide receiver three going forward. I love Debo Samuel the player, um, but he's just not in the offense that's going to give you sustainable week to week performance here. You, like you mentioned, George Kittle is back. Emmanuel Sanders is only going to get healthier from here. They still want to run the ball over over and over if they had it their way they would uh coming up against baltimore here i mean this is the type where ah, hey wide receiver three and you're going to be looking for al- alternate options this upcoming week anyhow
0: what's the best
1: christmas or birthday gift you received as a child oh man i mean i was a gamer right so i mean anytime they when the nintendo came out and i got it when the second Genesis came came out and i got it when the xbox came out and i got it uh you just nostalgia above nostalgia over and over and over again when that system would come in on the holidays i mean it was all systems go i mean it was from donkey kong to to matt uh, rad racer to ghosts and goblins oh my gosh it just if i can go back that to those days i actually got my son last christmas a twenty dollar um, device genie of some sort which he can you know use the analog cables to hook into a tv and it's got like over 250 of these old school nintendo games on it and right at his fingertips there and it's just great being able to go back and play super contra with them for crying out loud and i will say all right the replayability does suck. I mean, it's not like playing Modern Warfare Black Ops out there. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it is what it is. With some, for some of us older rap cats, you know, this this is what we grew up with, and this is what we had. So there there it is.
0: Totally agree. I got my son hooked on Atari. I got the old Atari, Miss Pac-Man. I mean, the oldies but goodies. He still likes to wait, but he hangs around for him. He's only five I got a question here Rank these RB1s Or I put that in quotes By the way Rest of season (laughs) So these are lead RB guys On their team right now But they're in tenuous positions Chris Carson LaShawn McCoy And the ever popular Carlos Hyde
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, I'll, I'll stick with Carson here because it, it, it's still his job, at least as far as we know. Um, Carlos Hyde would be number two and LaShawn McCoy would be number three. We'd love to see more work from LaShawn McCoy, but we know they're using them methodically. Uh, maybe he gets more rock this time. This weekend here with Damian Williams, questionable at this point, um, we don't really know. Unfortunately, Carlos Hyde is the one that probably has the, the safest floor here um, because apparently Houston Texans don't know what they have in Duke-John. Like I'm, I guess I'm that guy, right? I'm the truther that still does refuses to give up on Duke Johnson. Like if they would just give him a shot, they don't even know, right? I bet you could throw that ball over that mountain over there. (laughs) So ridiculous. And listen, I've come to accept
0: what I hate. We don't like the plotters, but people like Carlos Hyde, they're using him. I got him plugged in in my best fantasy league. He's right behind Christian McCaffrey's my RB2. It is what it is. But Duke (laughs) Johnson is a more explosive player. But, you know, I don't know. There's something about it. Who knows what it is. I agree with you, though. Uh, Dynasty question here two wide receivers with tough quarterback situations. Would you rather have Terry McLaurin with Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins disaster in Dynasty or Allen Robinson, older, but certainly seems tethered to the wrong quarterback right now?
1: McLaurin or Robinson in Dynasty? Yeah, it's still Allen Robinson for me here. I mean, just get this guy on a damn team with an Amazing. Like, how good would Allen Robinson be? We already got glimmers of it. Oh, my God. Like, geez, put him in any other situation where it's optimal for a stick and wide receiver. Um, he's doing what he's doing with just terrible quarterback play, and we saw it last week. So it, it's still Allen Robinson, but, I mean, if you're not a contender, then, yeah, Allen Robinson would be the type of guy I'd try to get away for uh, Terry McLaurin-plus guys. And, and, yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin, uh, whatever we're calling him these days, I forget his nicknames here, McLaurin. No, one, or, you know, a scary Terry, scary, yeah, that's one. Whatever they are, yeah. but uh, I, I definitely like Terry McLaurin. These are Terry McLaurin and Malcolm Brown. Actually, I'll give a, a hat tip to the RDL, uh, old school, uh, his Dynasty League, Terry McLaurin and uh, Hollywood Brown are a couple guys I got really late because when you're drafting with a room full of smarter people than you, you have to zag right. And of course, these are guys that let's face it, they had questionable profiles coming out at least from a statistical standpoint. So they they fell a little bit. And when they fell, when they fall in a startup, that's when you got to take these guys. And and I just lucked into both of these guys late. So I mean, if you can get your hands on Terry McLaurin, I mean, the for both of these guys, a the quarter situation can only get better, right? We've seen what the bottom of the barrel looks like. And I mean, Terry McLaurin still had 40, ah, geez, like 160 air yards in in that last uh, two weeks ago game alone, I want to say, and only converted that for like two or three catches for 47 yards or something stupid like that, right? So I mean, these guys are both buys.
0: Let's hit the Week 13 lightning round. I'm going to give you two players. Quick reaction. Who do you think is going to have a bigger Week 13 performance in the fantasy football world? Assume half PPR. First, gobble, gobble. Better quarterback on Thanksgiving. This could be in quotes here. Jeff Driscoll or
1: Mitchell Trubisky? Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm, I'm going to go with Driscoll. Flip, flip an ugly coin on this one, yeah. Wide receivers in tough matchups. How about
0: John Brown going down to Dallas or Amari Cooper in the same game against that Buffalo secondary? Always Amari. Lamar Jackson against the Niners at home or Deshaun Watson against the Patriots. Both tough defenses here. What do you
1: think? Always Lamar. Always Lamar. I mean, he just he's going to exude the system. He's going to just raise above what Houston will not be able to do against uh, Patriots schematically. So still Lamar. And better tight end play, you
0: have Kyle Rudolph at Seattle. So low volume tight end, however, against a very tight end friendly defense. Or Jack Doyle without Eric Ebron now, who's out, at home against Tennessee.
1: Always Doyle. I'm always going to chase the
0: volume there with no Ebron. Jeremy, what's the best sporting event you ever attended in person?
1: You know, this is an interesting one because it, it's like it's a sporting event that it, it's got no clout behind it, right? But it was a DePaul Blue Demons game um, here in the Chicagoland area. College basketball, definitely not known on the on the large scale here. But I mean, it, it was just pure nostalgia. I was in fourth or fifth grade. Uh, where, you know, my buddy's dad took a, a group of us to the game, and it was just the first basketball stadium experience and. I mean, I I literally caught one of the stadium T shirts that they threw out, and one of the little uh, the bouncy basketballs that they throw out. First time getting stadium nachos and a stadium hot dog. It was just the entire experience. And this damn game went two overtimes for crying out loud, and didn't get home till like eleven forty five on a school night in fourth or fifth grade. So if you, that's the type of experience that you live for, and that's something I'm always going to remember till the day I die.
0: That's a great one. It's about the experience, not necessarily the high-level team. It's about the experience. Great call. Jeremy, amazing to have you back here is great. I got one more question, then we'll get you out of here. Dynasty Leagues, this is an opportune time. I had a trade offer that came across me uh, today. Because I'm in the running for the playoffs here, and someone wants to know if they'll trade me Mark, if I want Mark Ingram, except they want a first round pick, which is not going to happen. So, my question is who's the veteran guy right now that you think you can actually get a Juju, an OBJ, Devontae Adams, who sort of had a disappointing year, but you think could
1: really pop in 2020? So who's a, a Juju. guy? Juju? Juju, I'm going back, and I'm just look. I already made the bed, and I'm I'm going down with the ship. I don't care. Ben Roethlisberger is a uh, he's a free agent, if I believe for 2020 here, but I don't see how he doesn't still go back to, to to Pittsburgh. I mean, he spent his entire career there. He'll he'll get the hometown discount, right? He he knows he's going back to the likes of James Conner, Jalen Samuel, Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, where where else is he really going to land into that type of situation? I you know I, I just don't see him going anywhere else. So because of that, I'll go right back to the well with Juju. OBJ, look, man, I I, I like him right uh, just as much as the the rest. But I mean, this is one of the things that I kept saying from a DFS perspective last week is why am I going to spend uh, you know seven to eight hundred dollars more on OBJ when OBJ is really Jarvis Landry? Why am I going to spend fifteen hundred more for Julio when Julio has really been Calvin Ridley this year? And I mean, it is what it is, right? So I mean. I love OBJ. In fact, I'm probably going to go make an offer for him to to John Solis report here coming up in the RDL Dynasty because I'm in a situation to get him. He, he needs to take my draft picks, damn it. But uh, so, yeah, if I'm choosing between these guys, I'm going Juju all the way.
0: Folks. You can call him Sashi Hinky. I call him Jeremy Hart on Twitter at Fantasy Gumshoe. The illustrious former host of this pod just did a wonderful, wonderful job. So great to have him on. He can talk fantasy football. He can talk music. The guy is a virtual accordion of knowledge across multiple platforms. But of course, gave you some great actionable information there to get you ready for Thanksgiving football and your fantasy playoffs. Jeremy, it's been a pleasure. I can't thank you enough. It's been great
1: to have you on the pod. The, the, the pleasure is all mine. But I have to throw you one last curveball, okay? It's, it's, it's somewhat of a Thanksgiving podcast tradition. So I just have to know, and RV Nation out there needs to know, your most embarrassing moment of all time.
0: My most embarrassing moment? Oh, super easy. Uh, th- there's so many, my friend. How can I forget? I would say the most embarrassing moment was at Thanksgiving with my family. We have a huge table, my dad's side. I leaned across the table, and my uncle, who we always used to box each other and slap fight, just starts smacking me in the head while I'm getting more stuffing. I don't think anything of it because he hits me all the time. However, I soon realized my hair is on fire on one of those <laughs> pencil candles that lit my hair. Now, listen, it wasn't a big man, but it was definitely smoking and on fire, and he was hitting my head to put the fire out, and I just ignored him and kept scooping the stuffing.
1: <laughs> it was good stuffing,
0: dude. To- damn it (laughs) (laughs) you know it's a family fight he hits me all the time
1: i like it he's like no your hair's on fire that's got to be mine absolutely oh that's great thanks for indulging me because i just i just had to know i had to know and now i now i know i've got the the harry from home alone thanksgiving moment at your dinner table it's it's a beautiful thing folks
0: i'm gonna sign out but we got one more gift for you thanks so much for listening to the fantasy football mailbag jeremy okay bye Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the fantasy football mailbag of Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio and at Randall Rant. Make sure you tell a friend. And don't forget to sign up for a 10% discount on our podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcasts. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.